Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. on Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse, Part 2. This time round, we do a little cave diving, we do some island hopping, we go on a cruise, or we go a little fishing, and then we go back underground, someplace very safe. So sit back, grab a beverage of your choice, And enjoy the zombie apocalypse. Alright. Okay, so uh, John, you're up. Well, I've I've thought about it. Living here in the Seattle area, one thing I would probably realize that, okay, if I can put some sort of barrier between me and the zombies. Also, uh, when it comes to zombies, I'm... I actually am thinking of the more infectious disease-style zombie that is, you know... They're they're mind they're they're some sort they got they've caught some sort of disease has made them mindless and they're going after people and eating them, uh, but eventually they will die out. So it's it's the more disease the, the more disease type zombie. So it means I need to find some place that they can't get to. And hey, you know, there's the San Juan Islands here in the Seattle area, uh, you know, and if you can get out there, that's pretty good spot to set up shop and uh, just wait out the zombie infection. So how far off the coast are they? Oh, they're actually in the Peach of Sound, but you know, they're this uh, the Peach of Sound is a um, glacial. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, it was dug up by glaciers, so it's very, very deep. So you're, and very, very cold. So I doubt very much zombies are going to be swimming out there. Um, uh, it's a, there are several islands in that area. Several uh, the Sandwich Islands are be, be perfect to set up shop at. Uh, there's even farms out there, so you you know you can actually set up shop and live for a while. So how? So how big are those islands? Uh, the largest of the Sandwich Islands is actually a pretty good size. Uh, it's about, let's see, I'm looking at the map scale right now. It's about uh, 60 miles long. So mm-hmm. uh, the small, smaller, there are smaller ones that, that are out there as well. Uh, okay. <clears throat> now, barring that, um, if, you know, if, you, if you have access to some sort of boat or plane, uh, you know, Hawaii's looking good. Hawaii, or not not the big island, but some of the smaller islands would be a good place to hide out as well, too. Really isolated there as well. And yeah, and if you're really looking for an island that's really out in the middle of nowhere and no one can get to, Pitcairn Island. It's in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, there's 50 people living there. you got to bring your own food, but, you know, you might be able to eat out living there and survive. Where the rest of the world okay. gets zombified. Okay, on these islands, where do you get water for drinking? Oh, well, okay, uh, the uh, most of Whidbey Island is actually they they use a uh, there's several uh, springs and there's also several uh, water cisterns, so there so we can get water that way. Pitcairn Island, the only way they, they get water is from rainfall, you know, so it's all rainfall. And that's where you get and that's where you get your water from. Um, okay. the, the Hawaiian Islands, there's a lot of fresh water on them because of the, you know, the, 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 the taller ones actually have glaciers on top. 
So there's some there's there's melt from there. So fresh water is not a problem in most of these islands. Uh, really? Well, okay. Well, well, Pitcairn Island is going to be a well. Pit- what, see, the the water surrounding it is salt. Uh, salt water. So you have to have fresh water in order to survive, Amber. Yes. Right, but if you boil water, doesn't that uh, oh yeah separate we, the salt? I said no, it doesn't. No, you have no, to it distill doesn't. it. Yeah, yeah. If you have a, if if you have enough heat. Uh, enough fire, then you could, you know, as as you said, you could turn the water to steam, condense it, and then you'd have distilled water, which you could drink. Yeah, now, these islands actually being glacial till actually do have, um, um, they actually do have freshwater springs inside of them because basically there's a lot of glacial tills filtering out most of the salts in the water. But then it gets to the middle of the island, it's pretty much fresh water at that point. Uh, it's probably hard, but it's still fresh water. Um, well, if you, as long as you can drink it and it doesn't shut down your kidneys. Yeah. In the worst case yeah. scenario, I know how to build a uh, build a solar distillery. So, you know, it's real real simple. You just need lots of plastic and you can build a solar distillery and distill your water that way. You may, you know, it won't be a, it won't, you won't be taking baths, but you'll still have water to drink. You'll, you'll get enough sunlight up there in uh, your area of the country? Yeah. In fact, if it rains... I did pop buckets. <laughs> What's the rainfall? Yeah, what is the rainfall up there, John? Uh, actually, not as much as people think. Uh, it rains more. It rains more in New Orleans than it does in Seattle. But still, out in the islands, they get enough rainfall that you could probably get a couple. If you put enough uh, uh, catchers out there, you could probably get a couple hundred gallons easy uh, a month, probably. A month, okay. Well, it, it takes about you know. Uh, at a minimum, a quart a day for a person. Yep. So, uh, all right. So, I mean, it's, there's no reason to think that the zombie apocalypse isn't going to hit those islands too. That's true. So, uh, so, I mean, uh, but that aside, the fact that there's going to be initial die-off because of that, uh, how many uh, uh, how many people do you think could reasonably be supported on those islands? Uh, on let's say you know the. The first set of islands you talked about, the ones that are like 60 miles long. San Juan, they already have a population yeah. of about 20,000 people. Yeah, but, but yeah. Is, that being, is that being supported solely by the island? No, but there's plenty of farms out there, and, and they actually, uh, I, I would imagine it probably, there would, probably would be some initial die-off, I hate to say that. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, of course there would. But once that's taken care of, there's hopefully enough farmers left behind that we can keep the farms going, and, you know, and grows in you know and grow enough crops that I we might be able to deal with a thousand people. So you think a thousand would be yeah. pretty pretty believable there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that sounds like a that sounds like a really good spot. So yeah. So an island is is it sounds uh it, it sounds like a really good place as long as it's big enough to provide fresh water yeah. and um uh, we, and far enough away from the mainland. Yeah, the big problem with the, with the, with the what I'm talking about is the main thing you have to do is dynamite one bridge. But once you dynamite the bridge, there's no zombies getting on the island at that point. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you're going to dynamite them toward the other end? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I can just see it now. We blew the bridge. Where'd you blow it? Right next to the island. They fall off into the water and come storming out. <laughs> yeah, there's actually an island in the way of the. Uh, it goes. It basically the bridge comes across to. It comes across a smaller island. So you dive on the other side of that little smaller island, and they can't get over. What well, uh, say if 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 the bay is. So, uh, I'm sorry. The Puget Sound is so deep. What are you building your bridge on? 
uh, well, in this case, the bridge is where there's a strait between the island and, and land, but it's about uh, it's about two miles, and uh, it's that one's it. most bridges actually most of our bridges are floating bridges. Oh, okay. All right. I just wondered because uh, you know from what you said. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. All right. I guess I'm up now. All right. I'm going to uh, take my first one, which is not what I think is my best idea, but the one that is definitely different from all the rest of you guys, and that is um, a traditional church. And by traditional, I mean one of those old-fashioned churches has been around for almost 100 years. All right? Uh, the, one of the reasons is because they're usually well-built. They're built strong to last 100 years because they has lasted 100 years. Uh, it's you know, going to be made out of brick, stonework probably, hopefully, uh, with uh, really big, strong doors and uh, shutters. And most of the windows are going to be up off the ground level. Uh, there's a lot of reason. It'd be best if it was made out of steel, of course, but most churches aren't built that way. Uh, but they're probably might, uh, if it is a more modern church, it will have some steel in it if it has a high steeple. And I'm kind of thinking that that's what I would want is a high steeple on that church as well. But most traditional churches do have that, so that works. I like it because it's got good security. Uh, and the reason is because to prevent vandalism, they have security grates and Lexon panels over the stained glass windows prevent damage from rocks and firearms. And uh, because the building is empty a lot of the time and it contains valuable materials like silver and gold items, security doors and locks are very common. So this would be you know, hard for someone to break into without them being intelligent. It has good privacy in that uh, it, the inside of the building it tends to have you know, a lot of material that makes it soundproof. Uh, this is done uh, for a number of reasons. One reason is because people like that when, the, when they have the big church service, like you know, it doesn't make the whole building resonate. Uh, also, they like those big, thick, plush carpets and those plush seats and you know, a lot of draperies. That's what churches are a lot like, and so that provides really good soundproofing. This not only prevents the zombies on the outside from creating a tremendous din that you can't live through because you're constantly listening to the moaning and screeching and scratching at the sides trying to get to you, but it also means you're not making as much noise inside just simply by moving around to attract them. So if they don't, if they don't hear you, they probably won't come banging on the door. So that's kind of one of the ideas I had toward that. I, uh, I also think that being able to go up into a high uh, steeple like that puts you way above any zombie's line of sight. And so there, you're going to be up there and get a good view of the surrounding area, see if there's any possible rescue efforts, maybe see that 500-strong uh, that zombie horde coming before it gets too close to you for you to escape. Uh, it also is a great place for you to set up uh, that uh, zombie killing mechanism that uh, I was talking about. Uh, and also, if you have guns, you could, you know, be a good place to do your sharpshooting from. Yep, nothing like a bell tower for sniping. Right. Yeah, as we all know, right? Okay. Uh, now, food supplies is actually pretty good at a church because most churches have a kitchen and have a limited amount of stored food in it. They always have at least coffee, soda, tea, hot chocolate, sugar, creamers, crackers, at the very sort. But they also have food stuff left over from employees and, um, and activities, especially a larger church. Yeah, uh, actually, I was in a uh, Episcopalian church. We used to run a, we run a game convention there. And their kitchen, I would look at that and said, they had enough there for probably, for like if you had like eight people there, it'd probably last four weeks before you run out of food or you start eating crackers. Right. 
Right. And a lot of churches are either um, associated with or actually house a food bank. And that gives you a lot of food to work with. Because even if they don't have a, a food bank themselves, they have collection barrels with donated foodstuffs. And that could add up to a couple weeks worth of food depending upon your population. And if the undead are a certain kind, like, you know, uh, supernatural zombies, it might provide spiritual protection. They might not be able to come in. It's holy ground. Well, yeah, all, all churches, yeah, they're, they're, they bless the ground before they make the, they, you know, even, you know, dig the first shovel. So, yeah, they would be holy ground. That's right. I didn't even think of that. Right. Oh, yeah, they would, if it's you know, properly consecrated, they wouldn't get as far as the parking lot. Yeah. yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's so. And and I've never seen them do that in any zombie movie or book yet. But I certainly always thought that there should they should at least have that happen at least once, where the zombies you know can't reach them because they are supernatural zombies and they're worded because of the church. You know, in most of these traditional churches, they're multi-level. So if the zombies were able to break into the church, you have a lot of places to uh, to retreat to. You know, further up. You know, away, uh, and finally you can get up into that steeple and get onto the roof and tend to and try to escape off of that roof if the zombies actually got in. Now, the biggest problem I see is unless there's, like I said, that food bank, there's probably going to be problems with water. So if you got there early, you started loading up lots and lots of water and containers and things like that, you might be okay. But uh, if you're caught short, or if you get if there's a lot of people there already, then you're gonna you're gonna run out of water quickly, and that's going to be a biggest that's I think is this biggest liability outside of, of the fact that you know since it is a church, it might be one of the pl- first places that survivors try to get to, and so you'd end up with a lot of infected survivors coming in and therefore turning into zombies, or you just have too many uh, survivors there to be able to support. Okay. The only question All that right. I have regarding the church is purity of faith. I mean, everybody believes in God differently, I would think. There are so many different variations. The Lutheran, Christian, Catholic, etc., etc., does a variation in the faiths of the people influence how strong the barrier is? Well, if it is based not on the, the, the simple consecration of the area, but on the collective faith of the group, you could see some rather interesting things happen as the, group's, as the group number or the group's composition might change over time. And as time goes on and people might get, you know, begin to lose faith, they might be getting you know, more and more disturbed over time as, as they, the zombie horde outside this area that they can't come in wears upon them by existing. You know, I, I, it's it's it raises all kinds of questions because, for example, if the zombie horde is out there and you're being protected by uh, a supernatural barrier, uh, is it okay to go and kill them then? Would that be murder and therefore you know a, a breach of the Ten Commandments and therefore cause the barrier to drop? I mean, would you have to just leave them out there and not and leave and, and let God sort it out and just stay in there? And if that's true, what happens when you have to leave the church and go get water? Yeah, or food, yeah. or yeah. Yeah, it's it's a. I think it's a very interesting question that that nobody's uh, uh, tried to deal with in a book. So. Maybe somebody who hears us will get a wild idea and, and write it, write us a story and send it to I'm us. I'm just curious, does anybody besides the Catholic Church consecrate ground? I mean, of the 
Oh, um, oh yeah, lots of churches. I mean, I mean, maybe not in the way the Catholic Church does, but almost everybody goes and says, you know, bless this area. You know, let this place be used for your purposes, God. Let it be set apart for your, for, you know, for your work and stuff like that. I mean, I, I mean, if, I think that's consecrating. If I remember right, um, pagans were really big on consecrating land, not as a we are asking our our deities to consecrate this land but they found the land and they thought it so beautiful that they thought the land itself was already blessed and that's where they would make their their homes because they felt that their deities already had blessed this land okay so you think that you think that would stop the zombie horde by logic it should work i mean if if christian faith can keep zombies out of churches, then why can't pagan faith keep zombies out of equivalent? I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just asking. I, I, I don't want to press the argument so far, but, you know, I mean, there, there's lots of places where lots of praying goes on that, uh, you know, might qualify as being holy ground. You know, there might be these pockets all over the country where the zombies can't go. It'd be interesting to figure out where those places were, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's we're, we, we've gone through everybody. Let's revolve back around to Amber. What was your second idea? Um, it's kind of like the, the wood, the cabin in the woods thing. But I was thinking less woods, more open ground. Just kind of thinking, not necessarily even on, uh, on land, but maybe if you can manage to get out in the water. I always kind of thought that uh, boats would be a pretty good reinforcement. If nothing else, you have the security of nothing's going to come. As far as food, depending on where you are, you could fish. If it's a freshwater lake, you have fresh water. Oh, yeah. You live there in Michigan. you got some of the biggest lakes out there. you got uh, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, Lake... Well, you don't get, uh, forget Lake Erie. Uh, that's still recovering. But, What's uh, wrong with Lake Erie? Uh, it's still recovering from being the worst, most polluted lake in the world. But you still got Lake Michigan, you know. You, you get yourself one, of the, you know, get yourself a, a decent enough boat, yeah. But then you have the problem come winter time when you're when basically you 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 can walk to shore as you because your boat's now is now ice locked. Yeah. Well, <sighs> wait a minute, Amber. What kind of zombies are infecting your your variation? I don't have any particular variation in mind. I'm just kind of thinking generic. Because I'm thinking wintertime comes around. Zombies aren't a problem. They freeze solid. And you got to wait till spring for that threat to come back out again. Yeah. So I, every, you, your survivors are praying for winter. Then they can get out and stretch their legs. They can kill some zombies. Possibly resupply, probably. Exactly. They go yeah. find that gas station and crank hand pumps and pull gasoline out of the underground tanks. They yeah. find the supermarkets. They go door-to-door in houses looking for other survivors and canned goods in the cupboards. And they carry baseball bats and sledgehammers. When they find well, actually, they find a zombie, hot four. Yeah, unless you're you run, running your cars off of something like biodiesel, uh, probably by that amount of time your gasoline would have gone bad. Uh, but I'm saying if you do have that, and there's lots of biodiesel out there, you'd be able to fit outfit your vehicles like those Mad Max vehicles and just drive around, you know, just 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 slap, you know, slashing and knocking zombie heads off. Well, one thing with biodiesel, usually it's mixed with diesel. 
a lot of biodiesel is mixed with diesel fuel. So, well, that it can that's an easy solution, John. Yeah. But I'm saying I've seen lots and lots of cars that ran off of pure uh, vegetable oil. Yeah, yeah, there should be lots of oil out there. I mean, worst case scenario, you got those zombies. They run right down to nice some nice oil. Oh, oh, oh I don't even <laughs> want to think about that. You know? Especially if they're any way infectious. Okay, yeah. you know, that's that's a really dangerous oh, yeah. route to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the boat idea is, is you know how big a boat are you talking about? Are you talking one of those little, uh, um, one of those are you talking a little fishing boat, or are you talking one of those yachts? Um, I would picture um, just like your average fishing boat, nothing too big and obnoxious, like a yacht, but not a small canoe either. But something that you can maneuver around, something that probably has a cabin at least. Would you go for a sailing ship? That way you're not worried about fuel at all. Yeah, that could work. Mm. I mean, I don't really think about the big details or the specific details. I'm just looking broad picture that I think being in the middle of water would be safe because I would assume that zombies don't handle swimming very well. Dead weight. Yeah, most of them don't have them. Most of them don't have them swimming. That's that's where you get into those ninja zombies I was talking about, where they can swim, they can jump over buildings, they can crawl on the ceiling. You know, crazy stuff. Yeah. Right. Or Pirates of the Caribbean, where they don't swim, but you know that doesn't. That's not a problem. They can walk. Well, but they were also invulnerable. I mean, no matter yeah. what damage it did, they just knitted back together again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the, those those zombies can't be defeated, so they're they don't really fall into their our zombie apocalypse concept, really. All right, uh, but yeah, uh, I I've been out uh, uh, and seen places. A lot of boats uh, they come with their own uh, uh, propeller driven uh, uh, dynamos, so they have plenty. Of, they have their own electricity. Uh, wa- uh, is, if you're in a place where you can do some good fishing. Then you've got food. Uh, the only, I guess, the only real issue would be water, and of course weather. Um, uh, but water, if you have enough power, then you could run a distillery, electrical distillery, and get water that way. So uh, you know, it might be quite doable. Um, and you know, it's assuming that you don't run into really bad weather, and of course you'd have to know how to. To sail, or you'd have to be on a ship with somebody who knew how to sail. Yeah, that's important. You know, uh, I actually I used to sail as a kid, but yeah, it's skills. It was we just had one sail, and it was a little cheap, cheapo catamaran. So, yeah, if you're dealing with a sailing vessel and you have multiple sails, hopefully it's your boat, not something you just stole from the pier. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but there's lots of play. I'm sorry. There's lots of boats at a marina. Yeah. And you know you could get out there. So if you decide to go the boat route, uh, as far as a sailing boat is concerned, then you're looking for one that has a propeller on it. So which we would use to like a a a, a windmill propeller on it. So you know that they provide their own electricity. Yeah. You'd be looking for ones that had, if not tackle on the outside of the boat, at least. You know, places where you, like a, a seat or something like that looks, looks like they could they could have tackle in it, uh, so you could have you know, fishing supplies and and I guess large enough that 
you'd feel safe enough in, in bad weather that you wouldn't feel like you were going to get immediately swamped or something. Yeah, now the problem with, okay, I can fish. I uh, Hopefully there's an island go, I can go to that I can then cut down some trees and cook my fish because eventually I'm going to run out of cooking fuel. Well, if you have that electri- electricity, you can use that to drive a, a, a plate. That's true. And, and you're the one who talked about having the, uh, uh, if you have any aluminum or something, you can build a, a solar oven to be able to cook your food. That's true, yeah. If you got enough aluminum foil in a cardboard box, you can, you can make a solar oven. Right. So that's, that's one reason I was asking about how many sunny days do you have up there, John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be building solar ovens up here in the, in the Seattle area, area right. except for summertime. You know, other than that, yeah. yeah, most times it's like, okay, sun. Yeah. It's such a sun place. <laughs> right. So because if you have enough, if you have enough heat to, to boil water for desalinization, then you have enough water to poach fish. All right. And so, Amber, how many people do you think your, your solution would support? Well, I think it would only be able to handle maybe five or six at the most. I kind of see it being tight-knit. Everyone would take shifts. Everyone would work together. I think having anything more than that, and you would start risking the stability of the boat. I was going to say, why not have more than one boat? What, and lash them together? Yeah, yeah you could do that. Well, uh, that. That's really dangerous, John, because in a storm, they could beat each other apart. Well, then you, un- you unlash when the storm comes along. So, yeah. I mean, I agree. If you can get a flotilla going and you can kind of lash them together, that that could be good. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on what you got going for you. So, yeah. I mean, as we all said, the larger the number, you know, general, and as long as you can support that number of people uh, in food and supplies, the, the safer and more likely it is for the group itself to survive. Okay, anybody else has some, uh, or should I move on? Well, I was thinking of one other place that, uh, unfortunately, it's only be, only be good for the guys who are already there. Uh, for me, it wouldn't work, but it probably would work for the guys who are already stationed there. Antarctica. If zombies show up, they freeze solid. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're going to freeze solid. And the biggest problem is food. Uh, yeah, unless you like eating penguin. Yeah, I was gonna say penguins about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's 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 also uh, fish too, but they're, you know, it's the the biggest thing is that penguins. You know, I can see these guys raising penguins, but yeah. seal meat. There's also sea lions. Oh yeah, sea lions too. Seal meat and whales. Seal, yeah. No, no, you're not killing any whales. <laughs> not that you have a really large group. Yeah. The biggest problem is come winter, unless you have fuel, you're gonna freeze solid. So winter is going to be the worst time being down there. But if it's summer and it's a plague that can burn itself out, you might you might survive. Um, but you know, but the Antarctica would be one place. I mean, uh, it'd be dicey. It'd be close. Uh, you know, you may have to go raiding other bases to get their fuel from them, or you know, or if you're lucky, they decide to build a nuclear power plant in Antarctica. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not until not not until the uh, IDED just decided yeah. they're they're one there. Yeah, probably a thorium one too. But anyway, um, it's at least for a short term plague that can burn itself out. It would be a good place to hide. It'd be a, you'd be more or less safe. For a long term supernatural zombie, yeah. Well, 
No. Uh, you basically, you'll be looking to go someplace. When it starts getting darker and darker, you'll be looking for boats or you can you can grab and get the heck out of Dodge. Get someplace okay. warm. All right. Okay. All right. Well, my uh, second location um, is the cruise liner. It's kind of the idea that Amber had, but taken way, way higher. The okay. blood boat is now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Now, I made some assumptions when I, I did this. So the assumptions are that this is one of the medium ones that holds about, uh, uh, about well, it holds about, uh, I, I first said about 800 passengers. I found that it didn't exist. So, in fact, this is that all, pretty much any cruise liner you choose is going to have around 3,000 passengers and crew on it. When the zombie breakout occurs, and now I'm assuming it occurs on the ship as well as anywhere else, the captain is going to head for the nearest port, which probably is not going to be one of the big ports. Okay, It's probably going to be the nearest place that there's any reasonability of being able to get over to land. Uh, and that means that the ship's the, the ship itself is not going to be able to go up onto the dock. It's going to be one of those places where you just stop and you use the tenders to get off the boat, uh, which are small craft that can hold about uh, 50 to 100 people on them, and they go over to the actual docks, and then they unload them usually for excursions. It's, it's how they go to a lot of the islands is how it, it does it. They don't. Most places don't have deep enough water for the draft of one of those huge ocean liners to be able to come right next to a dock. So I'm making that assumption that you know you're going to go in, you're going to get maybe I don't know a, a mile or so off of the uh, off of the, the the actual port, and from that point on they're going to or half a mile and they're going to have to go in with tenders at that point. All right, so that means that it makes the ship isolated from the land. That's what I'm going for here. Then most of the passengers at that point are going to die at the hands of the horde or they're going to be, become infected and kill the others in their cabins or they're going to get on those tenders and try to escape the ship and get over to the land where, of course, they'll get eaten by the, the hordes that are on the land. So that means that you are now going to be on the ship, not alone. You'll be there with other survivors, but you're going to be there with a lot of zombies and I'm assuming that you're going to be probably be in your cabin to start off with because when this happens, the captain is going to tell everybody to go back to their cabins and close the door and wait for more information from him. So during most of the zombie outbreak, you're going to be in your cabin, you know, and, and basically locked up in there hearing the zombies beating on the walls and going up and down the corridors. Okay, so... My suggestion is, is that you definitely want to be in a cabin that has a balcony on it, all right? Uh, and the reason for that is, is that you want to be able to get out of your cabin and not have to go through one of the interior passageways, which is probably filled with zombies. Uh, secondly, is that if there are any zombies that get spawned inside of your cabin because someone's infected, you can get them out of your cabin by tossing them the window and hopefully into the water. Yeah, some of those okay. cabins some of those cabins actually have balconies. So if you got you're lucky you got a balcony, there they go. Some of them, <laughs> lots of them do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at I was looking at the Carnival Cruise Liners, and basically what you have is is that the cabins that are at the main level, the you know, where the 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 if you look at the ship, there's a a, a line 
where you have the the front of the ship, which has the all the the various uh, ropes and cables that go down to hold the ship to the dock. And from that point down, you have nothing but closed-in portholes down to the waterline. Above that, you've got cabins, and they go all the way up to the top. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about one of those outside cabins, not you know, that's on one of those upper decks, and uh, not and not the lower decks. If you're on the lower decks, I think you're uh, unless you're in a, just the right place, you're probably really, really in bad shape. Uh, Zombie so, food. Right. Now, what you don't want is you don't want one of the cabins that's on the back of the boat, because what they do is that they stagger them. They stair-step those cabins from the bottom all the way up to the top. And so you can, so everybody gets this great, they get, first of all, they get lots of sun, and they get this great view of the back of the boat. And it's just this great panorama, the sunset, and everybody goes out there and drinks, you know, vodka and, and smokes their Havana cigars, and they watch the sunset back there. The problem is that stair step means that the zombies can come off the top decks or on any of the decks and start falling down and working their way down <laughs> that stair step of cabins and balconies all the way down to the bottom. So in other words, you could have zombies dropping in on you unexpected. You don't want that to happen. The, si the side balconies, you can't do that. They just fall straight down unless they've got, you know, tremendous strength and can catch the side. But if, if they had that, then they could climb. And we pretty much, in, in the zombie apocalypse, assume that the zombies don't climb. At least, you know, they can climb, you know, like a scramble. They can scramble up things, but they can't climb like a ladder. They certainly can't climb up the side of a building, you know, because then we're getting into our ninja zombies again. Yeah. Okay. So that's the basic idea. You're on a ship. Okay. So now we have, you know, I figure by the time it really shakes out after the first couple of days, because uh, uh, there only there'll probably only be about a hundred people left on this ship that are alive, and probably about maybe. 2,000 zombies, okay, which is a lot of zombies, 20 to 1, granted. However, you know, they're, they're not all going to be pounding on your door, okay, because they can't. Then those, those quarters outside the doors, on, on, they're trying to maximize all the space in the ship, so they're narrow. There's, there's enough room for two people to walk side by side, but you can't have zombies massing those corridors very easily at all. And they can't get you from the outside because that's the outside of the ship and they would fall down into the water or at least down onto the, that, that first row and then at that point fall into the water. So you're in a pretty good position. And if you get a cabin and, okay, and I'm assuming here that if you were someplace on the ship, you didn't know the zombie apocalypse was going to happen. You're on the ship, and it starts having you realize it. Okay, assuming you had some notice, some awareness this was happening, the first thing I would do is I would go up to you know the uh, perts or uh, the concierge and say, "I want to upgrade immediately to one to an empty cabin up on those upper decks, preferably at, at one down from the top." Okay, yeah, because you know that. Uh, if it's the side, uh, if it's one of those ones on the side, of course, I'd want it right down from the top because then I could climb up and then I would be on the top of the ship, which is a pretty good place to be because um, you could work your way down from there. Hmm. That, uh, you know, what that? I'm just thinking, okay, cruise ship is good. The next, the, actually, the one that's one better than a cruise ship is an aircraft carrier, especially an atomic aircraft carrier at that point. 
because because those things are out there, you know, to stay out in the ocean for at least three months, I believe. You know, before they have yeah, to get but you have water. to have a lot of people running that, don't you? You got a yeah. crew of you got a crew of five thousand. Yeah, but you know, it's still they're a crew of, of which but, of which four thousand are going to be zombies, right? Yeah, the are, upside. You got weapons versus yeah. I gonna say the upside is you got weapons. A cruise ship's weapons going to be hard to come by, even blunt instruments, because what do you have a cruise fire ship axe? full of? Drunks. Ooh. So there won't be any fire axes out there, just fire hoses. Well, there will be plenty of things because you have because uh, first of all, like I say, you have good places to fall back to, which is your cabin mm-hmm. and your, and that balcony thing. Secondly, there's going to be a fair amount of rope around there. Uh, uh, and thirdly, you know those all of those uh, pools and things they have, they have to have things for reaching out and helping to pull people in. So you've got poles and things like that. Now there are actually lots of weapons, but you have to get to the kitchen area in order to get to those. And I, I decks, of, isn't it? What? It's down below. It's, it's yeah. It's not on the top. Well, it's not on the top level except the fact it is on the top level. I looked at. Um, again, at the Carnival Cruise Line, and while the actual dining halls are like three levels down off the top level, they're sort of in the middle of the upper upper levels. There's, if you look on the floor plans, there's an area which is the, you know, which is colored like the um, uh, like the kitchen is, the galley is, all the way up to the top. So there is an interior space where they provide food service up to all the decks. And so if you got into that interior space, you could go up and down throughout the entire galley area and never actually go out into the, uh, t- into the rest of the ship where all the passengers are. Mm. Yeah, I, was, I actually watched these shows about the, uh, about the cruise ships and their building and so forth. There's actually a lot of interior passages for the, for the crew to get around as well. Mm-hmm. There's also the main... The main uh, the 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 main passage for the crew to get up and get back and forth, so they have to go down down hallways. I forgot what it's called, but yeah, there's a there's a stem to stern hallway, something like yeah. that. But the crew decks are below the water line. Right, but if you were having the zombie apocalypse thing happening, okay, they still have to provide food for their passengers, okay, at, at least until it gets really really bad. So I figure that they would they would start. Uh, that the people who are working the galleys would start trying to blockade a lot of the the entrances and exits. So you might have to break in. Being you're intelligent, you'd be more likely to be able to do that. But it would be somewhat secure. And you know, it's 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 just one of the. Uh, I, I think it would be fairly doable. Uh, biggest problem, as far as the food is concerned, is the fact that a lot of it's frozen, and therefore you know it's not going to last forever. However, there is a ton, ton, multiple tons, because we're talking 3,000 people for a two-day cruise, and they feed you like you're pigs, and you eat like pigs, okay? So there's tons of food, and it's not just in the galley. I mean, they have them in all those places where you can get food, I mean, uh, uh, and water and drinks. There's, like, drink stations everywhere. There's bars everywhere. I mean, there's, there's lots and lots of food on the ship. You just have to get to it. The idea I, I had was is that either you want to be able to try to communicate with the ship's crew, uh, however many there still are. One of the things that cruise ships, they're, they're expecting is the possibility of piracy. So they would have some weapons on that ship, okay? 
Now, of course, if they use them up trying to shoot passengers, then they're going to be out of weapons. But at least, you know, their areas are secure. They might have some people who know something about, you know, some some training. Uh, the sick bay is going to be there. The brig's going to be there. It's going to be probably one of the most secure places on the ship. And that's be kind of like where I would want to try to get to. And you could do that carefully by moving along the outside of the ship, going from balcony to balcony. You have to be careful because you never know. Each place could have, you know, some zombies inside one of those balcony places. But you could work your way there, you know, carefully making noises, trying to get them to come out and attack you, and then try to lever them over the side when they do. Kick them. Something. I'm just saying. You just got to be careful because you know, in some of the stories, you're just getting scratched by zombies enough to succumb to the zombie plague. Po- you know, possibly try to reach the captain. I'm more likely to just try to get to the galley because that's where the food is. Because if we're talking about hanging around for a couple of months, then you're going to basically want to be where the biggest supply of food is. And they also have huge supplies of water. Because they have to carry water for all those people. Uh, most of those ships don't have desalinization uh, capability. They have minor amount of that for emergencies, but mostly they have these humongous tanks of fresh water. And so when when zombies don't drink water and they don't, and hopefully they don't eat, in which case you're going to be in a lot of trouble because you're going to be fi- uh, fighting them for the food. But they still don't know how to open cans. Yeah. Yeah. Downside so, though is you've got to like the those passengers of that cruise ship just learned you got to get down deep below decks to the power plants and get those running and keep them running why because that's what's powering the freezers that's what's and powering what? the water pumps that brings the water from those holding tanks to the upper decks well it'd be really great to be able to keep some of the engineers going okay but i don't think we'd have to have that much going and like i said that that whole thing you know those uh that whole area where the galley is it goes all the way through you know uh, a big chunk of the ship so but i would be willing to to, to guess that uh th- that the amount of water supplies that are just readily available in the ship itself for 100 people would last me for a, a really good long time i'm sure you'd live yeah. forever on the bottled water i'm just saying if you got yeah. the tank supplies you're yeah. going to need to get the the uh, onboard generation systems running to run the pumps to run the well. I, I'm systems. hoping. And, well, the other problem is that it turns out it turned out that their sewage system was pumped as well. So, yeah, you start you start you start filling it on the way up, 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 up as you go along. Uh, no, you don't have to do that. I mean, if you don't have power, you're not flushing those toilets. Most um, of those toilets are powered by air pressure. So I, yeah. I would just assume that you're flinging that out the window. <laughs> Okay. Making sure the breeze is, you know, to, to your back. Yeah. Now, you're, yeah. now, if the ship doesn't have any power, then you're drifting. Uh, that is the other problem, too, because where are you drifting? Are you, are you drifting toward land, drifting out to the middle of a gyre? Are you drifting? Well, we can't, we can't drift. Well, first of all, we can't drift toward land. Secondly, they do, you know, they they might have already put down anchors if they're stuck out there and they can't get any closer. It's an emergency, remember. Okay, so they might drop the anchors, in which case it's probably not going to go anywhere. If they do drift, they can't drift any closer to land because they stopped where they were because there wasn't enough room to move in. The pools themselves on the, on those ships are not good sources of drinking water because they're usually pumped full of, uh, from the salt water. Uh, but they are a good place for waste. Dis- they are a good source of water for waste disposal and firefighting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
And but the one of the biggest things I like about a ship like that is that it's going to have a good sick bay. Most of most of you guys have not mentioned anything about healthcare. No, I mentioned we sell first aid kits at my auto parts. Right, but but who's who's going to who's going to provide the expertise? We have uh, we do have first aid responders. We have people that uh, we've picked three of them that in the case of an emergency they are you know they have already had first aid training. Um. And so, yeah, they could, in a pinch, do that. Yeah. Well, that's great, uh, Trev, because I don't think most of these other places would have, uh, I mean, they might have medical supplies. I mean, a church is going to have good medical supplies. Obviously, your your uh, uh, your wilderness uh, survivalist guy is going to have packed lots of uh, surgical supplies and various things like that. But a lot of these solutions, you know, you get there, you got, but you don't have anybody with any real expertise unless you're really, really lucky. On a cruise ship, they have people who are there to deal with emergency situations who've been trained properly for that. And as long as they don't get, you know, zombified or, you know, get, get swarmed long, and they're probably going to be in the safest part of the ship, you've got somebody you can go to that can provide some real, long-term protection, especially as we were talking about when people start getting pregnant and uh, need uh, and are at some point along the line might need some medical care. But Bruce, yes, your doctors and nurses are your first victims. Why? Because everybody who's sick gets taken to sick bay or hospital. Yeah. And then your doctor's looking at them. And then the dead person rises up and chews the doctor's face off. Maybe. Even. But... Yeah, that, zero that is be. a hospital. Every zombie oh. scenario. Don't don't. Well, don't want to go to the yeah. hospital. Yeah, that's a really big place, and there's gonna be a lot of zombies there. I'm just saying, it could be, could not. Be. Anyways, you can make an anchor if you have to. Well, anyways, the, but it is it is going to have a full surgical suite there. Uh, you know, you are going to have the, a level of supplies of medical care that's far above most of the ones we've suggested so far, with the possible exception of the uh, the, the wilderness survivalist guy who probably already planned on that happening. Yeah. So, like I said, when I was thinking about this, I was kind of thinking about some place that I could get to, assuming I wasn't already there. All right. Any any more ideas, guys? Jail. Okay, tell us, tell us about jail. Everybody's got a jail in your town, and they are just as hard to break into as they are to get out of. But nicely enough, they're also pretty self-contained. They've got, a, they've got kitchen facilities. They've got food storage. They have a dental facility. They have a surgical suite. They have, a, they have recovery areas. They have uh, backup generator systems and fuel storage. And they have a staff that's all falls under a cohesive unit. People who work together, they have defined roles mm-hmm. and operate together. You're just left with one moral and ethical quandary. What do you do with your prisoners? Right. Well, it's, and of course, it, it, it's not that hard to get yourself put in jail. Yeah. You just walk up and punch a deputy. Yeah, exactly. And they put you in jail. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can get arrested pretty easily and sent to jail if you, if you know that the zombie apocalypse is about to happen. Now, I do have a question here because I don't know uh, how all jails are put together. And, of course, all jails aren't going to be different. But uh, when, uh, when the power goes out in a jail, do the doors stay locked? Yes, most systems are uh, fail secure, which means when the power goes out, they lock. And you have to, but there's you have a to manual manually, way of... You have to manually use the keys. Most yeah. jails are set up now with electronic locks. The deputy who's going to move a prisoner has to call call up to a controller 
who tells them, I want cell 1A open, please. And a controller somewhere else opens cell 1A. The deputy, nobody on the floor even has keys. Keys would have to be brought to them. Okay. So let, let's imagine the zombie apocalypse happening. Okay. You know, it's, you're in the jail. Bad things are happening. Most of the uh, uh, communication between prisoners these days in a jail is actually done over video cameras. There's actually no hand-to-hand touching. So unless you bring in a zombie, a person who's infected with the zombie virus in, are they going to be released into the general population anytime soon? Do, is there much mixing like that at a jail? There is at meals and, uh, okay. recre- and their recreation time. People yeah, let out okay. for exercise. Well, I'm just saying, but I'm, I'm just saying is if you're bringing in uh, okay, it's, it's someone, the zombie apocalypse is just happening, so we're having a small window before it gets way out of control, right? Yeah. Right. So, your, like, your most likely vector for infection would be the staff. A deputy bring is infected and comes in, succumbs to the virus, and from there on, you know, bites somebody else or scratches somebody else. Okay. So the, the that sounds to me like the biggest danger might be that the uh, staff zombifies and the prisoners are stuck in their cells dying of, of, of hunger and thirst because there's nobody to let them out. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah some, right. some of these supermax jails, there's not even bars. There You have a solid metal door. Yeah, they are slot. big, thick metal doors. That's all you have in yeah. the supermaxes. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. uh, in fact, near Paul, there's I, I know in Canyon City, there's at least three prisons in Canyon City, uh, going from a, a low security women's prison right up to a federal supermax prison. Oh yeah, well, Colorado is jokingly referred to as the incarceration state. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. So do you do you think? Um, Actually, right down the road from me here in Lakewood, I've got a massive supermax. Built in an urban area, no less. And uh, it sounds to me like the supermax prisons would be the ones where it would be, you know, the the big. You, you wouldn't survive because the the guards would get zombified and you would die of hunger and thirst in your cells. Okay, the minimum security prisons they'd probably get overrun by the zombies because they're not designed to be protect against a massive amount of zombies approaching. Okay, and they also too much ingress, too much. Uh, interaction amongst the the inmates that it would spread it within the actual prison. I wonder if it, if, if hotel fed would be the would be the, the the better prison, the one that's basically for people who are too rich to go to a supermax. They would be yeah. they would be punished. So basically, a medium security prison. Yeah, that's what I say. It sounds like a medium security prison or or, or jail. Uh, yeah. Because the difference between a prison and a jail, from what I've been told by my brother in law who works at one, is primarily who administers it. Ah, time. A jail is typically sentences of one year or less. Prison is one year or more. I, I disagree with you because he works at a jail where they have people there for life. That might be a that might be a state by state thing. Then. Yeah, this is down in Florida. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, here he said, he's, he, yeah, he he said that it, where he's at that the the difference between a prison and a jail is primarily who's in charge of it. <laughs> yeah. Know? prison most well most prisons are federal that's exactly it you know well uh, jails are state or county we have a few penitentiaries which right. are state. I, don't know, I, I don't know what the difference is there so yeah anyways uh other than the word itself <laughs> it's, Actually, it leads you to think you'd be sorry you went there 
actually, you know, that you know, if you're looking for a place that's really secure and no one can get into, uh, Alcatraz Island. You have to get your food, but yay, you know, you can still fish. And there's no yeah. other supplies there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, other than tourists, you know, other than the cantina for the tourists to get some coffee and a sandwich. So, and there's, and the thing is that there's lots of jails. Yeah. Uh, medium, medium sized jails are, are not that hard to find. So, you know, that would be, and, 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 and it's also possible if you waited till a little bit later when the zombie apocalypse is getting a little bit obvious, you might actually be able to talk your way into one of those. You know, they might be willing to let you in because, you know, you, they they might however they might also be suspicious of you because you know hey what's the best time to break somebody out is during the zombie apocalypse right yeah, yeah. but ultimately you you might end up with a real problem which is that when the food starts running out are you are you prepared to be able to go through and start you know euthanizing prisoners because there's not going to be enough food to feed them or are you going to release them out into the zombie plague saying have fun hope you live good luck. I, I mean, there's a real moral quandary. Well, the first and largest con is the moral and ethical question: What do you do with the prisoners? Right. Do you release uh, them? Do you shoot them? <laughs> well, if it was really the zombie apocalypse and everything had really gone bad out there, probably the the lifers you'd shoot. Okay. Yeah. The sec the the second from lifers like the 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 people who've been there for like twenty to forty years because they're career criminals and stuff like that. I don't know. You you, you could let them out and say, hey, you know, take your take your chances out there. But the problem is, you'd be if they survived, you'd be releasing people out there who'd be able to come back at you after they got the you know found themselves a mm-hmm. uh, an armory somewhere and got some equipment said, so, well, let's go back and take over that place because they had some good stuff there. Right. Just so, re- did I just release the wolves into a something's yeah. habitat? Right, yeah. you know. Okay, so jail. A- any uh, other ideas? Well, there's uh, Peter couldn't be with us tonight because uh, well, that's ba- right. We want to do Peter's. Yeah, he got he he got all sick and that stuff. So uh, get better, Peter. It's not terminal, is it? No, he just he. He's not growling or anything. No, Brains. no, no. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> Beer's much more likely. But yeah. he, but he, uh, Peter actually gave us his idea, and that was the Aberdeen Proving Grounds. It's a military base, uh, but doesn't have as many soldiers as you would, as you would normally expect because it's more of a uh, civilian. A lot of civilians work there. But his, according to his, his is, his is a, a secure facility, so it's quite possible to lock it up and you at least have some protection from the zombies until they get to the double barriers and the minefields. Uh, there's plenty of weapons, because they do have soldiers there, and it's a proving ground, so we don't know what they have besides normal weapons, you know. Well, they, if they have just general, uh, normal guns, that would be good. Oh, yeah. I mean, the problem, of course, is that if you run into a huge, really huge zombie horde, then you're going to run out of bullets, which is why I like solutions where, you know, I'm in a building that they're not going to easily knock over, and I just keep winnowing them down by dropping large objects on their heads. Yeah. Now, Everdeen Proving Ground also is home for tanks. So there's a lot of tanks there. Uh, you're not doing bother with using bullets. You just plow right through the zombies if they get in. Oh, wait. Hey. Patton's Museum is there. Oh, not yeah. just one or two tanks. There's a couple hundred tanks there. Oh heck, there, there are, there are the uh, the hedge cutters. 
Mount Cooper Hedge Cutters onto, onto, onto an Abrams. There's your zombie cutters. John. Hedge Cutters. Oh, yes, from World War II. They had basically, Normandy was notorious for having all these thick hedges that the farmers had grown up for windbreaks. So they had to literally put shears in front of the tanks to cut through the hedges. They're basically a series of uh, triangular blades that are fixed to the front of the tank, and they would cut right through the, right through the, uh, the trunks of the hedges and cut them down. Uh, they would make a nasty antipersonal weapon. You know, and like I said, you save you save bullets. You just run over zombies. Right. Well, you know, it's that's the, <laughs> yeah. To me, the uh, the, the ultimate solution for zombies is uh, is uh, to uh, just keep uh, causing them to walk into the water if you can. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Just just basically blow up a bridge and then just put a lot of noise and the zombies keep walking off the bridge and the zombies behind them will push the zombies in front of them off you know and they keep going down 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 and uh, now of course this, this assumes that the fish will eat them or anything like that I don't know uh, but now, now according to Peter the, the the Aberdeen Brewing Grounds actually sits on the Chesapeake Bay so it's on the water so you have your wish oh there you go Wouldn't that be nice all right well that sounds like a good place. Um, I have a final place that I uh, that I thought would be a really cool place to go, and it is a, a, it's not a, a type, which is why I left it till last, because I like to go, you know, create the idea of things you can look at. That's not going you don't have to be in one place in the country in order to get to, but you do in this particular case, and that's Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. You have to be within driving distance of it. It has over a hundred miles of tunnels, most that are are not open to the public which means they have a strong doors and locks because those areas are not monitored and therefore you don't want people to get into them. So they have some really, really tough-looking doors and locks on those areas. But they, they let air, they have, they have slats in them. They're not like steel doors where they're just one solid piece. They're, they're like bars. And the reason they do that is because they want to let the bats get in and out of the caves. Uh, in those locations. But this does provide you a lot of fallback locations with good climbable defense points inside. It's a great place to hide because there's over 100 miles and no one's going to hear you in there because you're underground. However, the overall security is poor of, of the main area of the case because it's designed to move large crowds into it. So if you are stupid enough to attract zombies, then they're gonna, you're going to end up with a, a constant problem with them being in those central areas. Uh, one of the great things about it is that it's always it's always 60 to 70 degrees. So winter is not a problem. You don't have to worry about freezing to death like you do in the Antarctic. Okay, You don't have to worry about dying of the heat in the summer either because there are some places where, you know, we're, I don't know, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. You know, I can't imagine living without air conditioning down here. It's, it gets really, really hot, and there would be a lot of people that would literally be at, uh, incapacitated by the heat uh, if they didn't have any kind of relief. Well, underground, it's 60 to 70 degrees. That's never going to be a problem for you. It is designed for tourist crowds, so there's plenty of waste disposal sites with modern facilities on the surface. So, in other words, down underneath, lots of porta potties and the ability to pump them out. It was originally designed to be, uh, uh, an area was in it was designed to be a fallout shelter in the 1950s. It may have stores of food in it. I don't know. If it is, then you got lots of food there. Hopefully, you know, replaced with modern MREs rather than being fifty-year-old uh, containers. But when I was a kid, you know, uh, I actually had some of those nineteen, you know, World War II 
meals that they had in, in tins, and they were edible. I mean, there was a little container of peanut butter, and there was crackers to put the peanut butter on, and there was chocolate, and there was hard candy. Um, I mean, you know, assuming that uh, assuming that you had uh, your got your hands on the way on a, a good supply of of vitamins and things like that, you could probably live off of that stuff for a long time. So even if there's expired stuff in that area, you could still probably eat it. Uh, one of the best things about this place is that water is not a problem because it seeps out of the ground itself, and there's even a river that goes through this cave. It's called the Styx River. Actually, the, the, the Styx River is started by water coming out of the cave. That tells you how much water is in it. It's in the middle of a national park, so there are, there are few people in the park who are not visitors. Mostly there's like some camp areas, there's some rangers that live on, on the, the park property, but mostly you don't have, you know, you're not going to have hordes and hordes of people. So the zombies are going to be end up having to come from outside primarily, probably either randomly moving across the property or attracted by your activities. So if you keep it on the QT, they might never know you're there. Same for other survivors who you know are looking for a place to stay. Not too many people think of staying underground in a cave is a good idea. But this place is big enough that you could actually pull that off. There are, there are substantial food supplies, however, because there is a visitor center which also provides you know, dinners and meals and stuff like that. So if you were to get there and, meet, and break into that place and grab every food stuff you could and drag it down underneath the ground for some good distance, you'd probably be able to uh, have a, a fair supply of food for a, a long period of time. There are bats down there. You can eat them. There are crickets down there. Eat those too. Um, there's no fish. Uh, they, they, it's not one of those places that has cave fish in it, but th at least that's, you know, gives you something to work with. You got a, a, you could probably stay down there for a fair amount of time, depending upon your population. It does have the problem that there's not going to be good medical resources. Yes. You know, there, other than, I don't know if they put in those defibrillation devices down there. I don't know what kind of supplies they have for that, but I really don't think that it's designed for you know, large-scale medical like Disney World might be or other places. Escape, if you had to escape the place, uh, you know, breaking through those doors would be pretty hard too, unless you had the keys to it. There are few entrances and exits that are not locked. Uh, and it, 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 with 100 miles, there's four levels and 100 miles of passageway, and they literally find, are, are, find more all the time. Uh, it could be very easy to get lost in there and trying to get out might be a real problem. It doesn't have good sources of energy. I mean, the, you, your, uh, you know, the power comes from outside. Um, there's not a whole lot of wood down there for you to burn. So you better bring your electricity with you. You better have like hand crank batteries or uh, supply you know, large enough supplies of uh, kerosene or whatever. But that's your biggest problem, I think, was you get down the cave, it's, you're not going to have any light unless you can generate it yourself. I think that's probably, of, of all the places that we've talked about, that you have a fair chance of, of surviving in that could be reached by pretty much anywhere in the, uh, of the eastern part of the country. This would be probably one of the best places I can think of. Actually, I can think of one more place that would probably be just as good, and only Paul can get to it right now, 
if they let him in and not shoot him at the gate, um, Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah, if you can get through the door. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they, I mean, I'm just looking at this, I'm just, I've gone to uh, the, the Font of All Knowledge, and, uh, and they're talking that they have... I thought you were the have, Font of All Knowledge, John. Yeah, yeah, I'm full of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, have, uh, they have several 500,000-gallon diesel tanks, and they have close to 1,800,000 gallons of water in in each of four water reservoirs. Uh, you can live there for a while buttoned up. Uh, they probably got enough food there for a couple, for a, uh, what, a, a couple of years? How many people do you think would be in there? couple hundred. couple hundred. Not more? And they're fat. They'd yeah, the military was lean in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Remember, no. it had... Oh, sh- Go ahead. Cheyenne Mountain has support from... Uh, the Colorado Springs area, there's Fort Carson, Trevor Air Force Base, Peterson Air Force Base, and the Air Force Academy. So a lot of day-to-day stuff is just outside of the mountain. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they, I would imagine all the big ways would button themselves up in there and, yeah. then, and then just weigh it out. Yeah, it seems like a great place, but it also seems like the place where everybody and his cousin would try to get to if they knew of it. Yeah, but once the door, once those blast doors are closed, short of a nuclear weapon. Yeah, but what are they? Yeah. But what? When are they going to do that? It's a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's not like you're being attacked by tanks. Well, it makes one guy just snaps his fingers and says, "Seal it." Well, yep. Yeah, and I've been there before. I've been there before, and it's actually kind of hard to get to, even you know, even on, in car, because there's no straight drive to it. You have to drive these curvy roads, uh-huh. and there's sufficient number of gates. That yeah, if you can see the tunnel, you're doing good at that point. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, it's 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 a hard place to get to, and and, and there are there are a lot of buildings on the outside uh, for support and so forth. Hey, remember, Cheyenne Mountain was built for the express purpose of being hit with a nuclear weapon and continuing to function. Right. Yes, which meant they were they were intending to stay inside for a considerable period of time because they would be stuck inside by radiation. Yeah, and whatnot. And there's a very good chance that, in the case of a true zombie apocalypse, that there would be nuclear solutions used on our own soil, because when yeah. you have places like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, L.A., places where you have literally 10 million zombies walking around, I'm sure there's someone who's going to say, "Hey, let's get rid of it on one go. Just drop a nuke and take care yeah. of it. We'll come back in a couple of years and we'll clean it up." It might have to be done through submarines because I, I have a feeling that all the nuclear silos may have problems. But you know, you never know. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, again, going back to that day by day Armageddon, the, uh, they did use the nuclear option in that, and that is what created the super zombies because ah. apparently the radiation killed anything that was eat, uh, was causing the zombies to decay, and it actually gave them like energy. They were they were smarter and stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and and I like going, yeah, you know, it's 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 we're in the Marvel universe where, or you know, where where you know, radiation makes you better. Hulk smash. <laughs> so, but that's he, you know, that's uh, and that's also uh, because if you don't do that, then you might end up with those super those five hundred thousand uh, zombie um, uh, you know masses moving around. 
So yeah, it's the, the whole problem about dropping nukes is the fact that if you have something mobile like zombies and you don't destroy them, they're just going to carry that nuclear contamination everywhere they go. All right, well, that's kind of all I had. Anybody else have any more ideas you, that, that's different than what we've already talked about? Uh, I think we've beaten this one to death. Probably, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, probably not. We just didn't do, you know, we didn't cover every possibility. But, yeah, uh, these were these were the, the best ideas I had, and I really like some of your ideas. Uh, so thanks a lot for all the work you guys put into us. So, all right, now, you know, we didn't do this just because we wanted to talk about this. I mean, guys, you know, we, we understand that our, you guys out there are gamers and you want to play games that have zombies in them. So, you know, I really recommend that, you know, if you do a survival horror thing, that you set your characters out somewhere away from these locations and try to get them to them. Because, you know, that's the carrot. If we could just get there, then everything would be fine. And then once they get there, all the things we talked about, the caveats, the, the things that might not work so well. And, of course, the people who are already there who won't necessarily want to include you to in their group, uh, you're going to have to deal with. So that's, that's what makes a story interesting is the conflict and the struggle to actually get there, not usually just being there. But whatever you do, make sure you have fun playing the zombies and we, uh, uh, we recommend that you use one of our games to do it with. Fringeworthy is a good example because it has a whole world that's been hit by a zombie plague. And, of course, there's plenty of other ones uh, that you could try. Bureau 13 is fun because you get the supernatural. Uh, you have all magic you can use against them and all the high-tech super science devices that Bureau 13 has. And Bureau 13 has a couple of places that they might want to get to. For example, Bangor, Maine. The island, uh, and possibly if you got the uh, if you, if you happen to know where a good place to get to, you've got the lunar base. Let's see, the Bahamas is American territory. Yes, some of it. Yeah, so so it's in the Bahamas, you know, they got zombies down there. You know that, you know. But these are, these aren't the brain-eating zombies. These are different. These are the more servant zombies. But you never know. They may start taking life from brains. Right. And you need to take care of that. Well, whatever game you play, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you use our ideas. Uh, if you do and you and you have some better ideas than we have in this podcast, please you know contact us through our Facebook pages, uh, fans of the, uh, the TriTech podcast, uh, Fringeworthy, uh, Bureau 13 Agents Everywhere. You know, get on, get get hooked up with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back with more and uh, hopefully better ideas for a podcast topic next week. But until then. Yo, brothers, this was the TriTech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. <laughs>